The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the law firm of Davis and Davis. We're not a real law firm. Go ahead, grab a beer, a glass of wine, sit back and listen. Hey, Burke and I are here to welcome you back to part two. <laughs> Up to your number 13, my friend. Um, I, for my 13, have candy necklaces for my favorite 13th candy. Um, the rumor that is, is old school. Oh, yeah. The rumor has it they were invented in northern Europe. Uh, before being introduced to the United States in the late 50s. And I, I don't know, it's just, because it's such a novelty, you know, you have a necklace, you can wear it, you can eat it. I'm sure the sugar all over your skin did nothing. Well, I don't imagine it would do anything horrible to your skin, except maybe attract flies. Other than that, I just thought they were cool. They were fun. They were a little bit on the sweet and sour side. All they, are, they, is, all they are is sugar. Yeah. It won't attract any flies. Hell no. <laughs> All right. What's uh, your 13? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, ribbon candy. Ribbon candy. Favorite thing at Christmas time. <laughs> uh, and for most people that don't know this, ribbon candy originated in Europe. Uh, I can imagine way before uh, the United States was even around. It, it was it was originally used uh, as a decoration. No, like for Christmas trees or or for mantles. It was a Christmas decoration that was used around the house. Interesting. Uh, very, very interesting. Uh, in the in the eighteen hundreds, mechanical crimpers were finally um, uh, invented to help make ribbon candy faster. Oh, cool! Uh, uh, let's see. Do I have any other? Uh, ribbon candy is a type of hard candy, which in North America mostly appears for sale around the Christmas holiday and comes in uh, mint or citrus flavors, usually. So uh, there you go. Yeah, uh, it's cool looking. It is often used to date, used like decor, put out on display in candy dishes, plates, and apothecary 
jars. <laughs> yeah. Here, there you go. Okay. So, so the thing about the ribbon candy is, uh, is, is this my, my grandfather's family immigrated here from Poland right in between the two wars. So yeah. they, they fled Europe after World War One, but really, uh, you know, so there were a lot of old school uh, traditions that happened in my family. You know, the pickle yeah. in the tree, the, 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 the ribbon you'll, candy. The, you'll have to explain the pickle in the tree some other time. I've never heard that one. Oh, you're kidding. No. Uh, that's an it's an old German tradition. Hmm. Um, there is one pickle. Uh, it's made out of blown gl- glass that is put in the tree. And when the kids come down, the first kid to find the pickle gets an extra gift. Interesting. Very interesting. Yes. Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. <laughs> All right, sir. We are up to your number 12. Ooh. Uh, bit oh honeys. It, it's such a simple candy. You got some. It's not exactly caramel. It's not exactly butterscotch. It's not exactly nuts. It's a. It's that gray area in between all three of those flavors, and you can suck on them for a long time, and eventually get to the point where you can chew them, and they stick in the back of your teeth, and. Um, they, they first appeared in uh, 1924, made by the Shooter Johnson Company of Chicago. So that is my number 12 pick. Oh, I don't, I don't know if you can hear that when I do that, but you're smacking your keyboard like it owes you rent. <laughs> Because if I move my mouse to something else, like I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, people. I'm producing the show, so I have to move my mouse off of the PowerPoint, and it doesn't like that. Um, well, the hilarious thing is, you're using PowerPoint to show all these pretty pictures on an audio podcast. But I save all the videos, and at some point in time, when we have the money to fight all the lawsuits, I will post. <laughs> we're going to be rich and famous and on YouTube because <laughs> <laughs> everybody wants to see my fat, bald head on YouTube. Uh, it's the see. shit, let me tell you. <laughs> all right, uh, my number 12 is the zero candy bar. I, I dig me some zero bars, man, because I have now, always been a huge, huge white chocolate fan from like way back. I, I, I it, it was okay. It was um, the first one was made in 1920. Uh, the candy bears a resemblance to the Snickers bar. Yeah, more closer to the Mars bar if you look at it. Uh, the chocolate Mars bar with a white chocolate coating is a zero I, bar. I am, uh, I'm, uh, Hershey's, uh, has taken over making the zero bar. Oh, cool. 
Um, in October 2020, Link Neal and Rhett McLaughlin of Good Mythical Morning deemed the Zero Bar the worst candy in the world. What? Screw those guys. I don't even know who they are, and they can kiss my big, hairy, white butt. <laughs> Some critics have deemed the bar as a white chocolate Snickers, even though the Zero Bar predicates the Snickers bar. Yeah. Screw those guys. Ten years. A decade. Um, Sounds longer. It, yeah. It, it's, it's, it's nougat with almonds covered in chocolate fudge and you're going to hear nougat and almonds later on <laughs> today it's coming trust me it's coming yeah. all righty where are we up to number 11 11 Ooh, uh i got runts remember runts yeah they were sour and they were hard yeah, but you could like put five cents in a little thing, get a whole handful of them, and you had all sorts of different flavors like bananas. And yeah, you'd always eat like the nasty ones, like the bananas first. And they were shaped like bananas. That's what yeah. was kind of cool, you know? And then you had your green ones, you got rid of those next, and then you saved like the oranges and the cherries for last. And I'm a, I'm, I'm, I, I kind of got a soft spot, spot in my heart for, for sour candies. Um, why I don't have Sour Patch Kids on here is beyond me. But um, runts are one of the Willy Wonka's early candies. It was first introduced to kids in 1982. And Willy Wonka, the company, is now owned by Nestle, unfortunately, which is kind of sad because they're a bunch of dicks. But anyway... That's a show upon itself. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. Nestle used to own uh, Ready Refresh, who was the people that delivered my water that won't let me quit the, yeah. They yeah, well, they, they, yeah water is not a human right. It's a, yeah, yeah whatever. They can yeah. kiss my, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Anyhow. Anyhow. Ooh, good choice. Look at that bad boy. Oh. <laughs> Charleston Chew is a candy bar consisting of flavored nougat. Once again, nougat. Once again. My, yeah, my nougat. favorite. Do, do we, wait, wait. Do we have a definition of nougat somewhere? Uh, I do not. Not handy. Um, I know that it's it's basically like taffy a uh, family of confections made with sugar or honey roasted nuts whipped egg whites and sometimes chopped candied fruit the consistency yeah. of nougat is chewy and is used in a variety of candy bars and chocolate mm -hmm. the word nougat comes from the octagon pan ooh, no got seemingly from latin panis noctus nut bread the late colloquial latin adjective noct Nakatum meaning nutted or nutty. All right, I'm done. Okay, good. Uh, Char <laughs> uh, 
Charleston. It was created in 1925 by the Fox Cross Candy Company, founded by stage actor Donnelly Cross and his friend Charlie Fox. Interesting. The candy was named after the Charleston, a popular dance at that point in time. The company was purchased in 1957 by Nathan Sloan and later sold to Nabisco. Hmm. Although Sloan did not invent Charleston Chew, he did change the candy's original form, chocolate-covered vanilla nougat, uh, changed the candy's original form to chocolate-covered vanilla nougat. In 1970s, in 1970s, he introduced a new flavor such as chocolate, strawberry, uh, I, I think that was about it. Warner Lambert purchased Charleston's Chew from RJR Nabisco, and then Tootsie Roll Industries purchased it. Oh, wow. Bring, bring it back around to the Tootsie Roll. The candy is available in vanilla, chocolate, and strawberry. I don't uh, think I've ever seen or tried a strawberry version of that. Now, there are three other flavors, banana, grape, and cherry. Oh. Oh, hell no. Yeah, I don't think that any of those sound... Grape and chocolate? Uh, yeah, I, no, no. I, I am all about the vanilla. I stick Maybe in the, the chocolate. Maybe the chocolate, but yeah, the vanilla's got to be the best. The vanilla is the best. I stick it in the freezer. Um, anybody who is a Charleston Chew fan knows... Once you've stuck it in the freezer for a day, all you have to do is take it out, smash it, it onto your countertop, and guess what? You have the best tasting chunks of nougat <laughs> chocolate there is. What are we up to? Number 10? Uh, uh, we are on 10 already. Far out, man. All right. My f- number 10 favorite. Uh, and, and forgive us all. This was supposed to be a top 10 list. And then we had said, screw this. We need 20. Um, number 10, the chunky bar. Do you remember the chunky bar? I do man, thick ass chocolate. Uh, and they had, if I recall different ones, like chunky, they had with, it, they had it with almonds, raisins. Uh, they had raisins, peanuts. It, yeah, it was a, it was kind of a versatile thing that they could do anything with. Yeah. Uh, but the original chunky was just this big square of honking chocolate bastard. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> it, it, it wasn't a bar guys. It was a square. Yeah. <laughs> like Toblerone ain't got nothing on this bitch. And I, I mean, you would bite into it. If you had, if, if you had any sort of loose tooth, that was, was about out. to come out. It was gone. It, <laughs> that, we're done. We're done. Yep. It was introduced in the late 30s uh, by New York City candy maker Philip Silvershine. Mm. That's the only background I have on the chunky. But yeah, that was actually the chunky with the raisins was the shit, man. And I love chocolate covered raisins anyway. It's my favorite movie food. Like Raisinets, favorite movie. And I don't have that on my list. How the hell I don't have that on my list of Beyond Me all of a sudden. See, I was always, I was always the peanut goober guy. 
Those are good. Those are Love good. Them. Love but, them. you know, the, the chocolate cover raisin and some people hate them. I get it. But that was just, I don't know, that me I, and my mom would eat raisin ads and watch movies like Star Wars and stuff. It was just good times. I get I get the uh, Sam's Club big container of chocolate covered raisins. Oh, or Costco, I, I either one. Oh man, Ooh. I love me some chocolate covered raisins, but Damn. a chunk, but a chunky, it's yeah. a chunk. <laughs> it's a chunk. I, I've never, I've never heard of this candy, let alone tried it. Uh, there is a store down the street from me that. Uh, it, it, it's a Japanese food store, and I oh, found son of a bitch. I found this this candy there. Um, not not just this candy. There was there were two candies there that it, that I got. I I got this green tea uh, chocolate truffles that were incredible, dude. Like pockies I, or something or what? It it was like. Pockies, but what these were were little square truffles. Interesting. Um, it was so good. It was called what was it called milk milk something else milk, hmm. milk reet or something like that. Anyways, the they had this next to it, and this is called milkita, and it is a milkshake candy. So it's milk based. Ooh. Uh, you can get it in strawberry, chocolate, vanilla, banana, and uh, not kiwi, but honey, honeydew. Melon. Honeydew. Yeah, it's honey, honeydew melon. Wait, what were those? America's had a candy like that. It was a like white and and strawberry blend. Shit, what were those things, man? We we had something like that in the states, but I bet these were the inspiration for that. I'm. I'm sure it was. Here's how much information you can get about Milkitas. They are a product of Indonesia. That's really incisive. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and they're a good source of calcium, according to the. <laughs> I mean, they have a website which is based out of California. It does not tell you where they're manufactured it doesn't <laughs> tell you what's in them anything like that i bought a bag of the vanilla which i loved mm -hmm. the banana which i died that is to die for really oh yeah the chocolate is really good but uh the honey strawberry's got the honeydew honeydew really? is uh not so yeah, but how's the strawberry uh, strawberry was okay. Oh it, man, it I didn't think strawberry it wasn't would be the, the bomb. Best. No, the best was the banana. Wow, wow. It was it's just... hard. It's hard to get banana candies that taste good. Like, uh, um... have you ever had Airheads banana flavored? I've had Airheads, but I don't think I've ever heard the banana ones. The the banana flavored Airheads is exactly what this thing tasted like. Really. It was so good. Because, like, banana Laffy Taffy is bad. Um, and what the hell else? Did um, did they make a banana? 
a Twinkie at one point? I think they did. Then that was not good. No, it didn't make it yeah. well. No, it was not good. Yeah, it's, it's hard getting artificial banana flavored to taste good. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, guess what? What? What was that? Is it break time? Far out, man. It is break time again. What uh, funky music are you going to play for us tonight, white boy? Holy she totally. <laughs> holy she totally. Um, <laughs> I don't know what it is. But we're going to listen anyway. Because I have it behind uh, the picture of you. Oh. I, only ha- I only have three monitors. Oh! Oh, her. Have you ever played this for your daughters? I, I, I can't imagine I haven't, but if I haven't, I'm going to make sure I have. I just think that it would be interesting. You know, that should be a show that we do. Like a reaction video show with guests? Yes. Like, we get we get your daughter to zoom in from Toledo and have Sam zoom in as well. And we do a... We do a dive into different music just to see their reactions. I'm writing that shit down. Reaction videos with guests to old music. Fuck yeah. Uh, you know what the cool part about that is? Is that we actually can't get hit by a copyright strike if we're doing a reactionary video uh, cool so that would be something that we could actually post yes although i have exposed my daughters to a lot of old school music like beatles and like they'll they they would pop up with some pop song i'd be like oh you want to hear the original they're like wait what there's an original yeah watch here come here and they listen to the original. They're like, "Wow, that's not bad." Uh, well, that you know, how many people, how many people didn't realize that the Everly Brothers did the song from uh, Top Gun? It wasn't Top Gun. It was uh, Dirty Dancing. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the guy from the Everly Brothers sang the song. Yeah, but he didn't write it. Oh, is ever yeah, that's true. Yeah, forgot about that. And it was redone year after year after year. <laughs> Anyways, on that note, people, we're gonna go take a break. See you in a bit. Bye bye. Okay, so I'm going to explain this now. Oh, oh, okay. Have you, as your your body gets older, (laughs) have you noticed some interesting things like, uh, like you could sit on the couch and 
because you farted so much when you get up, the entire couch just smells like shit. Well, that's because it's not a fart. At, at my age, I never, I, I take Jack Nicholson's advice. I never mm -hmm. waste a boner. I never trust a fart. Never trust a fart after 40. Never. Um, okay. So, I, I was I was explaining to Burke, uh, I have to light some candles. <laughs> now, you know what else I've noticed? <laughs> I've noticed in my old age that I have not lost my sense of humor. And other people have. Like, I'm trying to walk over to the bathroom. I'm walking by someone. I make sure that my asshole is right in their face as I'm walking by them. And I release. And I find that to be funny. Hashtag drive-by. Hashtag drive-by. Now, the problem with this is that the other people in the room do not find it to be as amusing as I do. I don't know. Probably because it's 10 times worse the smell than it was 10 years ago. God, I'm telling you, I got up off the couch and I was like, holy <laughs> hell, Batman. When you fart and you have to leave the room yourself, you know it's bad. I really understand now why my mother-in-law buys for Febreze in like the three packs instead of a single. Mm -hmm. Anyway. We're up to your number nine, my friend. Oh, cool. Something I actually have a little bit of info, info about. Mm. My number nine is Cracker Jacks. God, that was never my favorite. I, I'm, a, I'm a huge caramel guy. I love popcorn. And let's face it, when you get a prize, that's the shit. And when I was little, the prizes were fucking awesome. Like little helicopters. And, and I, mean, I mean, if you got a tattoo, you were pissed off. But like you get a little plastic toys and shit out of the you were you were in like Flynn. I loved Cracker Jacks, and I mean, I, I I have always loved caramel corn in general. But if you can just go buy a box of that crap, pop it open, and yeah, and the and the peanuts. Oh, it was the I, bomb diggity. I love caramel. Caramel is my favorite thing. I will. I, I yeah. I would eat caramel constantly. Mm -hmm. Two things. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so there's three things in my life. There's caramel, <laughs> nougat, and toffee. Oh, fuck. Yeah, toffee. Holy cow. Mm. Wait a minute. I have info. Oh! In Chicago, there are two legends of how Cracker Jacks was originated. The older one attributes it to Charles Frederick Excuse me. Sorry. Charles Frederick Gunther, uh, that... 1837 to 1920, also known as the Candyman and the Cracker Jacks King. The other attributed to Frederick William Ruchheim, 
a German immigrant known informally as Fritz, who sold popcorn at 113 Fourth Avenue, which is now known as Federal Street in Chicago, beginning in 1871. Fritz! Fritz! Fritz selling popcorn on the corner. Uh, the William Brinkmeyer and who he brought his brother Louis from Germany. <laughs> of course his, he did. Yeah, to join his you know, we're all about the German candy here. Uh, to join his venture forming the company F.W. Ruckheim and Bro. Uh, in 1907 there was a song called Take Me Out to the Ball Game, which we all know. Uh, it was written by lyricist Jack Norworth and composed by Albert von Tilzer, which gave the Cracker Jack free publicity with its line, buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jacks. And, in 19, uh, and, and, and the Cracker Jack company freely gave out the rights because it just promoted their candy. Um, in 1922, the name of the Chicago company was officially changed to the Cracker Jack company. And that's all I got. I can go now? Yes. yes oh, God damn. Good choice. Fuck. Why didn't I think of that one? Malted milk ball. Oh, man. That's like my third favorite candy when it comes to like Halloween. I love I, I love my, I love malted milk. I love malt. I love malted shakes. Like when I found out that you could go to like an A and W Ripper stand and get a yes. milkshake and yes. add yes. malt to it. Yes. Oh, dude. I, 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 I yeah. It was just like a, a sugary chubby. There, I was all in on that shit. Uh, I'm gonna give a little bit of history and then I'm gonna explain how I got hooked on this. William Horlake a native of England, settled in Racine, Wisconsin, where he experimented in the production of dried milk products. In 1887, he created malted milk powder. Ooh, bless his a, heart. A mixture that he hoped to market as a health food. Horlick's malted milk became popular as a sweetener for everything from infant formula to fountain drinks. In 1936, Forest Mars created the first candy using the powder with a malted milk cover or milk centered covered with milk chocolate. The American version of the Mars Maltese was introduced by overland candy company in 1939 uh okay it, it goes on it goes on the chicago biscuit company ended up owning it the leaf gum then leaf machinery it, it went on for for a while whoppers many, were, many were, name changes yeah many name changes now i'm going to explain my love for this. My father grew up in Medina, Ohio. I was third generation Medina. His dad okay. grew up there. My dad grew up there. And I grew up there. Uh, there was a place called Happy Days on the square. 
and what it was it, it's where the main street cafe is now okay. um anyways happy days was a it, it was a jerk shop um it was an old fashioned uh ice cream and soda shop nice and so when as i was growing up my father would take me to to uh to the shop and we would we would get malted uh malted milkshakes okay wait wait please tell me for the love of god that they would serve it in the metal cup and the glass they did oh it's the best like you finish your milkshake out of the glass and you had more in the metal cup oh god that was so good it was it it was an old-fashioned place and and uh i mean it my father would tell us the stories of him growing up in medina which made medina that I think that's why Medina's as important to me as it, it as it, it is. It makes it a little larger than life at that point when Dad's telling you stories from the old days. It, there, there, there was. Okay, I remember. And the, you're a big history buff, anyway. I I remember one of the days that my father and I went and got chocolate malts. Uh, we got them to go, and we went down to the administration building. What's the administration building now in Medina? And at the time that my father was growing up, that was the high school. Oh, okay. Um, the shop class was down in the basement. And my father, as well as, uh, uh, hang on, it's going to come to me. Mm-hmm. It's going to come to me. As well as um, uncle? No, 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 no. It, it was his. He, it, he had friend? he had a couple of friends. Okay. He had um, uh, Jim. What was Jim's last name? I can't Jim. remember Jim's last name. Uh, but he also had uh, uh, another friend of his in in shop class who whose daughter I went to high school with. Oh wow! And he 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 ended up being like a a guy on the the school national or on the medina city school board and all that stuff anyways we go and i hear this whole story while i'm drinking my malted milkshake about how they made a crossbow in shop class (laughs) and I was like, Dad, that that couldn't be. That uh, I mean, they wouldn't let you do that. They would let said, you well, do that back then. Well, here, come down this hallway. So he takes me down this hallway, and he points at the cinder block wall. And I said, Well, what what's that? He said, Well, you, you see that hole in the cinder block. <laughs> so yeah, he said, that's where the crossbow bolt went <laughs> through. He's like, go go ahead, look through that. And I look through, and there's there's a bunch of files in this room. He goes, that used to be the shop. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I fell in love with this malted milk thing 
that nobody, nobody else, nobody else made malted milk. I mean, Skyway, maybe. Well, A and W. A and W. But you had to ask. Like you, it was not like listed. You had to ask for it. So it was like I a kinda, secret menu item. It was kind of one of the one of the little things that my father and I had because my mother hated malted <laughs> malted anything. <laughs> um, it, it, it was it was just something that my father and I would go and do together, and, yeah, and yeah. so it's always been a favorite. Anyways, we're on your number eight, my friend. Real simple, real easy, real quick. Now and later's not exactly well not exactly taffy harder than taffy mm-hmm. but really intense flavors mm-hmm. and i just i i remember you know going to the store and picking those up and just and, and all the flavors were really good like even if it was banana or whatever all the flavors were really really good uh they were created in brooklyn new york in 1962 uh by the phoenix candy company um and just got i don't know not like intense memories just really good memories of you know i would go and that was kind of a go-to candy back in the day now the now and later i actually loved it when i was a kid okay as i got older i i got to the point of hating it as much as i hate the werther's originals hmm. now i loved the flavor yeah i loved the flavor but when you pop a two thousand dollar crown off of your oh yeah tooth because it's you were stuck chewing to the on now later. later oh yeah 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 it, 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 and it's funny because like a starburst is such a great candy it's not on my list but they're much more forgiving to your teeth oh, than now and later's but oh, now yeah. later's just got a little little spot in my heart back in the day so Okay, that's my number eight. Uh, this is a favorite of mine because my grandmother. Okay. Uh, she loved the Jujubees. Okay. And, and for anyone that knows, Jujubees are a gumdrop. Um. The jujubes are manufactured by guess who? Uh, Ferrara Pan. You got it. You. <laughs> they're they're an old old company. I mean, they're like back in the day, man. They got a lot of candy on their list. They have produced jujubes since 1920. The first gumdrop to ever appear appeared in the united states in 1801 holy crap no clue okay yeah yeah i had no clue that they were this old and i was I, I was sitting here doing research on this because i'm a huge gummy gunny gummy bear freak oh god yeah um do, do you know what what they used early on to to kind of conglomerate the the sugar together i'm going to take a wild stab in the dark and say uh horse hooves potato starch well well that's that's much nicer okay 
I feel better. I, I, I'm almost not. Yeah. I'm a little bit freaked out at your answer now. Well, I, <laughs> it's what they make glue out of, you know, and gel, <clears throat> gelatin used to be like oh, fucking horse hooves. So, um, well, you know, they, they did use gelatin as well, but, yeah. but potato I, I, starch was the first thing that, that, uh, what did they call them? Postieri candies. Okay. I, I never been a huge gun drop fan and probably because probably the first gum drop I ever was given was the black one, which is generally <laughs> licorice, licorice, anise, anise yeah. and I fucking loathe anything I, I i can't even drink ouzo nothing nothing from that family of flavors it just makes me wretch i hate it and the cherries were not cherry enough and the oranges were not orange it's i they're like to me they're meh but i, I probably have a really bad influence from the original black gum drops i love gum drops now you you mentioned something. You mentioned the the black. Hang, hang on a second. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Svetlana, come over here. <laughs> so Sveti is from Finland. Yeah. And she's actually from Russia, but um, but we're That's not allowed hot. to say that anymore because of hey, there's a lot. Going on. Okay. A little background on the Russian whole thing, like. The couple of Russian vodkas that you come to mind, Stolies and whatever, those were people that got kicked out of Russia. It's okay to like Stoli vodka. They got kicked out of Russia. It's okay. Unless it actually says Russian vodka, it's okay to drink. Okay. Now, now you, you brought up the, the anise flavored. Ugh. Kristen went Sveti. Went to Finland, what, the second year that we were married? Something like that. She came back home with this candy. And I now understand why Russia has never invaded again Finland because the, their food sucks. <laughs> what was this candy called? Salmonaki. Salmonaki? Salmonaki? Is it fish flavored? Um, which is black licorice with salt. Oh, and, oh! And this is this is their candy. Like that intensifies the flavor. No, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, never. I'd never. rather go salmon flavored candy than that. Oh dear God! Never marry a Russian. Uh, except for the uh, vodka and the the yeah okay number seven my friend is me oh god I, I, okay i like this one it is pez candy and and half of it is not the candy it's the dispensers damn i wish i would have put that on my thing dude it was invented in vienna austria by a guy named edward haas the third as an alternative to smoking Edward. this is a smoking sustain well it's e-d-u-a-r-d edward um yeah, it's like smoking cessation supposedly 
The name Pez comes from the German word for peppermint, which is Fezemersen. So you get the P, the E, and the Z from the beginning, middle, and end of the word. Um, 1961. Oh, okay. Take a guess as to the most expensive Pez dispenser on the market today. Or not, not, not even what it is. Just guess a price. Guess a guess a dollar amount. Four grand. Between twelve and fifteen thousand dollars. There was a red donkey head Pez dispenser made. Only three of them were ever made. One was specifically given to John F. Kennedy. There are two in the market. They have no idea if they actually found the JFK one, what it would be worth. The other two are worth between 12 and 15 grand. That's crazy. Yeah, for a fucking candy dispenser. <laughs> I mean, a lot of them go for like three and four grand just because they're like... Dude, the candy's not even that good. No, it's not. But but it was the experience. Like You get to load it, pop it, eat it, you had the cool dispenser. You could buy different. It was like it was. It, it's like buying an iPhone. Like you unbox it, and it's got all this cool stuff. You peel the tape off. It's kind of the same gig. I have an iPhone. I know. Anyways, on that. <laughs> but I've never heard of this one, but it looks great. Big Hunk is a candy bar made by Annabelle Candy Company. It was first introduced in the 1950s in the United States. It is a bar of roasted peanuts in chewy, honey-sweetened nougat. Oh, God, that sounds phenomenal. It was featured in Steve Allman's book, Candy Freak. It sounds like something that would rip the fillings out of your teeth in a heartbeat. Uh, Big Hunk was acquired by Annabelle Candy Company when the company purchased Golden Nugget Candy Company in 1970. This, my dear friend, was given to me by a lady named Maggie Hayden. And I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think of what show we were doing. We did a show for Lyric Stage. Hey, Kristen. What show did we get the big hunks from? Maggie gave it to us for what? Which show? Uh, what's the... Yeah, Bye Bye Birdie? Bye Bye Birdie. I think you never called her Kristen anymore. Uh, normally I don't. I just say, hey, bitch. Um... <laughs> I'm waiting for her hand to appear out of the background and smack you upside the head. <laughs> so, yep, there it is. Low-fat, gluten-free. Really? Nougat love. Where is, in the where do you find this? Bob, or, uh, I just called you Bob. Uh, Bob. Burke. Burke. This bar is like this big. It's oh, massive. Shit. It's fucking massive. It's almost a foot long. 
It's like a fucking ruler. Yeah, it's uh, I get it at the Exxon station. Really? Yeah. I've never seen that ever. But it sounds awesome. It's it's freaking awesome, dude. Cool. This is this is nice. We're learning about shit. I like this. Yeah, it's like broadening our horizons. All right, number number six. Oh, and I I I love this bar. It was originally called the one hundred thousand dollar bar, and then rebranded. Oh, as the hundred grand bar. Yes, the rice, the rice. <sighs> it was. It, it was tied in with the uh, the quiz show of the 1950s. Uh, there was a show that that the 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 prize was a hundred thousand uh, dollars. Nestle came up with this idea uh, based around those programs. Uh, the big surprise was the name of the show, which the grand prize was one hundred thousand dollars. But but one hundred thousand dollar pyramid show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, oh, dude, uh, chocolate, caramel, and rice. Oh, dude. Just, and the just rice heaven. was just, the rice was was deep fried. So yeah, so it's like hollow, forever crispy. Oh my god! Oh, just it, 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 like I imagine they would be good frozen, but damn, when they were warm, holy crap, were they good? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would save up pennies to buy those damn candy bars at the store sometimes, just because they were so good. Okay. Um, all right. <laughs> well, I I just got a little bit upset because um I realized that I didn't put something in my in my list that that I had planned on putting there the whole time because it is one of my favorite candies mm-hmm. and somehow I left it out. Anyways, we'll, we'll, we'll hit it at the end. It'll be a runner-up. Um, my number six is Lint Lindor Truffles. Oh, damn, that's a good fucking choice. Holy cow. Uh, this is actually a chocolatier that um, I want to visit this factory. That that and, and Cadbury. The, the, Fuck, why is that not on my list? God damn it. Okay, whatever. <laughs> well, Cadbury, <laughs> Cadbury's factory in England is one of the oldest chocolatiers in the country in, in the world. Dude. But but okay. Lint Lint Sprungli <laughs> um chocolatier was founded in 1845. Oh my god, I had no clue. It it's based in Bern, uh Switzerland. That's so, never a bad thing for chocolate. Holy cow. Is it wait, wait, wait. I have to ask my I believe that Calibo chocolate, which is like the pinnacle of chocolate. I believe that is a, a Swiss chocolate, if I'm not mistaken. I do believe it is. I mean, that would be a question for Nancy, but yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm 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 kind of sure of that answer, but okay, go ahead, please. Um, Luke uh, Lind in 1994. Okay, this company did not change from 1845 all the way until 1994. Wow. Um, 
throughout the the world war they gave yeah. free chocolate away oh wow uh to any country who asked for it so uh let's see here in 1994 lint and sprungli acquired the austrian chocolatier hofbrauer ostrich and integrated it into their their company as well yeah, yeah austrian chocolate not bad either holy not, cow not bad at no. all that that put uh uh they, well okay so so in 1994 they expanded a lot they also took over the italian chocolatier caffarel mm. and the american chocolatier giardelli Oh shit, man! Giardelli's the bomb too. God damn! On the fourteenth of July of two thousand fourteen, Lint bought Russell Stover and Whitman. Holy shit! They like took over every. They uh, are. How, how the, do you what, how do you put that? That's like they are, they are the largest chocolatier besides Hershey's. Oh my god. Yeah, their stuff is outstanding. So here's the thing about the uh the Lindor. The these are a truffle. And there are I think it was nine different flavors. Uh and there's certain flavors that you can only get on their website. Oh, so wow. you have to pay individually for it. I think I think it it said that for you, you could purchase I think it was 300 truffles for $120. Yeah, that's not bad. I was like at all. Got to be kidding me. Um yeah, this but What are you going to do with 300 fucking truffles? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh the lint chocolate uh I will say Kristen is the one that that got me hooked on this. Um when we first met, she was like, oh, you got to go try this chocolate. And I had never had a truffle before. I was like, oh. holy crap. That's awesome. Um, yeah, th those are like, I will find those. Uh, a little backup. I've kind of been in charge of the girls. Um, Christmas stockings for many years. And if I can ever find lint, because they usually give you like a two pack of truffles, which is perfect for putting into a stocking. I, I always try and find those because they are just so outstanding. Alrighty mm -hmm. then. Number five. Yes. 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 Okay. Kind of going back to one of my earlier ones, but these are red hots. The tiny little dotty the little freaking red hot. Oh yeah. Another Ferrara pan uh, created in the 1930s. They created the famous red hots using the cold pan candy method, which is where you put a, a centerpiece into a tumbler and you tumble it and you add stuff that, that adds the candy coating on top. And it's another one of those cinnamon, little bit of hot um but oh 
dude i i i could kill off a box because they're soft it's just a little bit of crunch and soft and cinnamon and hot and it's just a really all around good candy i, I don't know how to explain it but i, I mean i destroyed thousands of red hots in my lifetime they're just so so good what mm. all right that's my number five uh-oh uh-oh wait 10 seconds 10 nine. oh that was quick <sighs> <laughs> This is the best gummy bear in the world. I have I have heard of these. Albanese gummy bears. I buy them in five pound bags. They cost me twelve dollars on Amazon. And they're worth every goddamn penny. You open that bag and all you smell is freaking fruit for like ten minutes. <laughs> like damn. <laughs> Albany's Candy is a candy manufacturer in Maryville, Indiana, founded in 1983 by Scott Albany's. Really? It specializes in the production of gummies and chocolate-covered goods. The company employs roughly 450 workers and ships to 41 countries. It is said to be the home of the world's best gummy bears and i will tell you right now i thoroughly agree with them on this Th these are the jelly bellies of gummy bears these are now let me tell you here are your flavors you got wild cherry you you could just stop at pineapple blue raspberry green apple grape light blue watermelon mango Orange creamsicle, orange gummy bears, pineapple, pink. Yeah, the you're pink, done at pineapple. The pineapple, the pink, the pinnacle of the pink, gummy bears. The pink grapefruit. Oh fuck! Is to fucking die for. Oh goddamn, that sounds good. <laughs> strawberry and white strawberry. Now the white strawberry is an interesting flavor because they triple up the flavor of the strawberry in it really oh my god it's so damn good okay i i have a i have a chore no i, I have a task for you okay you must go on to amazon and look up haribo sugar-free gummy bears and read the reviews okay now so and, and you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it at that. And the next time we do a podcast, I want your reactions. And, and you can sort by the most popular or the biggest, whatever. Read those and come back. And... Now, now let me let me explain this. When I worked at the Irving Arts Center with Lyric Stage, Maggie Hayden was our was our production stage manager and i i would do whatever i need to do every show we did we would bring gummy bears 
we've done the Haribus. We've done the Haribu sugar-free. We've done the Albany's. We've done the Albany sugar-free. We have, that was how I ended up finding Albany's, was trying to find the best gummy bear to take to the lyric stage. Now, the, the Albany's, the first time I took it to lyric stage, we were doing the show 1776. And one of the guys, Bryant, who played Thomas Jefferson, he has one note that's like a really, really high note. If he hit that note, he was allowed to come get a gummy bear. <laughs> that was your treat. That was your... <laughs> that was our thing. <laughs> oh, no! Keep it calm. It's be, break time. It must be break time again, which means that I have to play uh, Drain the Vein. Well, definitely going to do that. But, but, but there's a Kate Bush song that I got to play. Ooh. It like that. That's a deep cut. I like this one, man. Have you not heard heard this one? I have, but it's been 30 years. Guys, we're going to take a break. We'll be back. We'll we'll keep listening to this, but you won't. Such good stuff. Holy God. My honey child. I love Kate. I am I am trying my darndest to get her to come on for the night. uh, To do about a half an hour interview with us. Uh, Five minutes. That's all I ask. I said. I don't know if she's harder to get a hold of or if Midger is. Uh, he's been virtually impossible to get a hold of. Uh, Peter Gabriel's people were very easy to get a hold of, and their really? answer was fuck no. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm expected. All right. We are up. To Burke's number four. This is the Ooh. final four. It's the final, final four. They're all good. I like these. My number four is Lemonheads. Yet another Salvatore Ferrara concoction. Man, you have really been into these candy coated uh, oh, yeah. shindigs. Oh, you yeah. know, uh, I, I was always into M and M's. Love me M and M's. 
sour candies were kind of my jam for a long, long time. Um, but yeah, dude, lemon heads. I, I, I just have a lot of really good memories of theater and lemon heads. Um, lemon heads as a kid. Um, and I love the story behind this one. The inspiration for the lemon head came from Salvatore Ferrara after seeing his grandson, Salvatore II, being delivered. And it, he was a forceps baby. So they had to like grab forceps, pull him out. And he noted that his new grandson's head was lemon shaped. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. How fucked up is that? Uh, same cold pan process as the red hots that were developed in 1962 but now oh, dude i i love i love lemon and i love sour and i love hard candies so yeah lemon heads were just always always good stuff and like i said a lot of good theater memories like we had those at coach house sitting around all the time all the know, time in, all the time and just yeah uh, yeah just just good memories so that's it here let me try that again boom we'll do the sound effects <laughs> oh fuck i never even thought about those man all right, all right. <clears throat> because of the fact that that our listeners are about to see a theme happen over the next Oh, 10 minutes. <laughs> Let me. Uh, Mally's Chocolates. Uh, Mally's Chocolates is based in Cleveland. My number four is the Buckeye, which is a chocolate covered peanut ball. <clears throat> Mally's Chocolates, a company history. It is a family affair since 1935. It was the height of the Great Depression. Albert Malley aspired to achieve his version of the American dream to own his own chocolate making business. He was a boy from Meadville, Pennsylvania. He worked in a chocolate store learning how to create handmade chocolates. As a young husband and father, he borrowed $500 rented a small store and living quarters at Lewis Drive and Madison Avenue in Lakewood, Ohio. <laughs> he moved his family into the back room. He purchased materials and started to make chocolate and ice cream. By 1949, the second Mally's ice cream parlor and chocolate store opened at Victoria and Madison Avenues, notable for the first all aluminum retail store in America. Ooh. On opening night, the Lakewood police had to be called in to control crowds. <laughs> the store was remodeled in 1994 and it seats up to a hundred people. Uh, Mike's son, Bill grew up working the business. Uh, he is in charge of wait, working in the business in charge of opening new stores. Bill continued to expand the company. Uh, 
with the opening of the third store in North Olmsted on Clegg and Lorraine Road. He installed a slow-revolving merry-go-round with ice cream parlor tables. Mm. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah. in 1967, Bill became the president of Mally's Chocolates, and blah, 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 blah. Let's, let's, let's get to where they are now. Um, here's the thing. They have, their main building is on Brook Park Boulevard. Uh, Mally's Chocolates, uh, <laughs> Mally's Chocolates is probably the biggest thing that i have to remember my grandparents uh they 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 lived on west 173rd street in cleveland um my grandfather every year would go buy mally's chocolates for easter he'd buy it Mm. for christmas he'd buy it for whatever the the buckeyes were were I didn't I didn't learn about the Buckeyes from my grandmother or grandfather, but I fell in love with these Buckeyes. The peanut butter is just extra thick. It is so good. <laughs> and the chocolate, Mally's chocolate is incredible. It it is very, very, very smooth, very good. Very smooth, very good. Their dark chocolate is bitter to the point of of not being too bitter, uh, but yet it, it's not sweet. Yeah. It's yeah. so good. Now, the, anyways, the, the, the supposedly and nobody really knows who invented Buckeyes. Um, sometime in the nineteen sixties supposedly uh, a lady named Gail Tabor invented them while trying to dip peanut butter balls into chocolate, but nobody knows for sure. So, all righty. What are we up to? Oh, number three. Whoa. I love this one. And these are, this is a pretty modern candy bar. Mm-hmm. Most of the list goes the whatchamacallit bar. Hey, that's a great name. It's a great name, but uh, we were talking about Rice Krispies being deep fried. You got that in this. Caramel, you got this in this. Good chocolate, you got this. In. It, it, I When they first came out, I was enamored with these damn things. I would spend every dime I could get to get these things. Uh, it was first introduced in 1978. Uh, The name itself was devised by a a lady named Sally Grayson. Uh, She was a writer for Stuffed uh, Adventures in the Restaurant Family. And she was an associate creative director at Doyle, Dane, and Birnbach, who was in charge of the new brands for the Hershey's accounts. Mm. So she came up with this, like, cool name for this new candy bar. I mean, but it just, there's only so many candy combinations out there, but crunchy rice krispies and caramel and chocolate hey that seems to be a theme it's a big theme with us in this whole program (laughs) see i love those damn things okay that's all i got all right um 
Okay, so my next one. Uh, this is so hard. Uh, it it's the, it's the venue as well as what it is. Fair enough. <laughs> and so I never had saltwater taffy until we mm. did a road trip. My father decided that it was smart to take our big ass minivan with the super engine. Oh. Actually, no, it was the first minivan that we had, which had the little engine. Uh, yeah, and we, well. we decided that it was smart to take our entire family from Medina, Ohio to Boise, Idaho. Because, <laughs> you know, when you think of vacation destinations, Boise is the top of my head right there. Now, our first stop was at a place called Stuckies. And if anyone remembers Stuckies, Stuckies was a a gas station. Yeah. That was all the way across the country. They were everywhere. Um, it was the best place to pick up souvenirs. It was the best place to pick up pick up candy. They had good restaurants. They had good restaurants. They had good food, and they were all over the country. Well, my mother had had enough of us, <laughs> so she bought four boxes of saltwater taffy. This knowing, knowing full well would shut you up. Oh, she she knew. She knew the end result was going to be quiet. <laughs> kids would have stuff in their mouth and it's sticky. So nobody can talk and it's going to be a great trip. Secondly, she knew that that sugar high <clears throat> would put, would put you out. Uh, yeah. So anyways, uh, let me tell you a little history about Stuckies. Um, in the beginning, it all started with a borrowed truck and $35. Oh, wow. That was how he started his first store. W.S. Sylvester Stucky Sr. founded Stuckies as a roadside pecan stand along Highway 23 in Eastman, Georgia in 1937. Oh, well, <clears throat> he bought pecan. Now this was, this was, uh, besides the saltwater taffy, this was one of their iconic things that they sold, which was pecan praline. Ooh, oh, and, God. and their iconic pecan log roll, mm. which it, it was to die for. Now I fell in love with the taffy uh the taffy was incredibly good um they they <clears throat> originally they pulled the taffy themselves in their store then of course in the 70s they they outsourced everything yeah 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 so forth but anyways 
it was always through throughout my life if we went on a road trip the first stop that we would make would be stuckies the second stop that we would make i don't remember because i was in a sugar coma <laughs> it was whatever uh the flavors strawberry orange blueberry lime and lemon that's it nothing special uh, nothing the lemon was pretty damn good though oh the lemon was so good but the lime was good i loved how tart it was which is weird for lime because usually they fuck up lime but that stuff was yeah it was excellent mm. usually if lime is in a candy they make it too sweet too artificial yeah anyways that was my number three number two on my list and damn i i killed a bunch of these things off altoids and we talked about this i think for a hot second we did yep. on the phone yeah i told you i have cans of them all over my house oh yeah they're curiously strong they also made a sour fruit version that was fucking killer oh my god it was so good you know me and sour but yeah metal tins it, the brand was created by the london-based company smith and company in the 1780s mm. and became part of the callardon bowser company in the 19th century so they've been around for a hot damn second these things and it was weird because they came they came to the americas kind of late i mean like it was i think it was after college that i first saw them but like the people in the know in like theater if they had to do a kissing scene they would have these things and they would they would chomp down on one of these before they had to kiss somebody because <laughs> it, it would just kill any mouth odor whatsoever they were so i mean like like make your eyes water something they're, they're so strong they're not strong like that anymore oh really no ah that sucks man because no. they were, i mean like you, you, your eyes would water if you chomped down on those damn things they are pussified now because uh, i remember doing some scenes and it was like okay i, I need to chomp on this so yeah. i put i'd put like three in that was stupid <laughs> yeah they, they, they kick your ass uh, I, the only thing that was stronger would be like a, a peppermint extract straight. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. But the sour ones, oh Christ! The sour ones they had for a couple of years were so good. Oh my God! I, I like the orange. Mm -hmm. They had this orange flavored that I was like, oh, oh man, this or, is no, no. It was tangerine. That's what it was oh my god i knew it was a citrus flavor oh god damn it was that tangerine was kick ass. Oh it was god. extremely good because it uh, was it, it the wasn't flavor was killer. sweet yeah it was it was more sour than sweet i don't know the the flavor uh, was great and if you did a kissing scene after after doing it women loved you because you taste like oranges yeah. <laughs> 
Scott's number two. I'm back to Mally's. Not a horrible place to be. Um, This is Mally's Mally O's. Now, have you ever had these? No, I've had something close. It is a chocolate covered Oreo. Oreo actually has a white chocolate covered Oreo. Yes, this this is mm. uh this is a milk chocolate covered Oreo. Yeah, but Mally's milk chocolate is the bomb. So putting those over Oreos would be the shit. I've never had those, but now and I want them. I can't remember off the top of my head if they have it, but I think they also have a dark chocolate. Oh, God. version of this. Uh, okay. You know what? It, it, that just reminded me of something. And I think Mally's actually did these. Did they ever do chocolate covered potato chips? Like chocolate covered ripple potato no. chip? No. Oh. What, what they do do for St. Patrick's Day, they do a chocolate covered pickle. I, yeah, I want to try it. I, I don't care how bad that sounds. I want to try it. I had it about four years ago. And I will tell you this. It is the most delectable thing <laughs> you will ever eat. It is a great pickle. Now, the pickles are made uh, in Cleveland by a Cleveland-based oh. company. Oh, uh, wait, is it a dill or like a sweet and sour it's a, or like, no, a, it's, oh. a, it's a dill with this really with the sweet milk chocolate over it. You would think that it would be disgusting. Yeah. But it's freaking incredible because the sour of the, the dill and vinegar. Yeah. Just, yeah sweet, sweet and salty, sweet and oh. sour always goes well. Oh that, my that gosh, it is to good. die for. You would love it. You <laughs> you with your sour Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Down. we're up to Burks number one. number one. All right. A little bit of background on this one. The number one in my list is specifically cherry lifesavers. <laughs> I love me some lifesavers. I love me. I love me. Peppermint. Out of everything okay, that look. there is in the world. Okay, look. Wintergreen lifesavers are excellent. Like before Altoids were ever out, that was the go-to. Peppermint lifesavers are the bomb. And they were another go-to. When they introduced the, cher- the, the fruit flavors, they had the five flavor mix. The orange was great. The lemon was good. The cherry was awesome. The lime was so-so. But you could get just cherry lifesavers only. And they were so good and intense. Um, it was They were first created in 1912 uh, by a guy named Clarence Crane in Garrettsville, Ohio. Yay us. Um, his father was a famed poet named Hart Crane. Um, Clarence had switched from the maple sugar business 
chocolates the year before, but they found once again, chocolates perform poorly in the summertime because they didn't have ref good refrigeration back then. Um, so they switched to these cherry lifesters. Now my, the, the, the thing that really endears this to me is my grandparents, my grandmother and grandfather met on a train. My grandfather obviously was a little bit smitten by this lovely lady and she was a little bit spitten by this guy in a navy outfit on a train going to war and she fed him cherry lifesavers to keep him engaged in this conversation my grandfather later in life uh admitted to us he hated the passion hated cherry <laughs> lifesavers and ate every damn one of those candies that that she fed him because he wanted to keep talking to her so it, there's there's a love story behind the candy and i just love the candy anyway so yeah cherry lifesavers are my absolute number one favorite candy i will go buy a pack probably in the next week because i haven't thought about them in years so yeah <laughs> i haven't i haven't thought about the veneer <laughs> Sir, what is your number one? You're waiting. You're waiting with anticipation, aren't you? I'm waiting with new eggs. Waiting yeah, I, I, <laughs> I put a freaking pause in there so that he had to wait. <laughs> that was brilliant. <laughs> I see a theme here. <laughs> okay, I'm confused. What are the oh, oh. this is Mally's Bordeaux. Oh. Now, this is a toffee, a mm. cho a chocolate covered toffee mm. with hazelnut shavings. It says chopped almonds in that picture, but I will go either way. Oh, holy yeah. shit. Sorry. It's chopped almonds. It's a dust. It's literally mm. a dust over it. Now, here's the crazy thing about this. We were we moved here 21 years ago. And Kristen uh worked at a place called Shelton School, which was a school for for challenged rich people. Okay. <laughs> and um and when I say challenged rich people, I basically mean rich people that don't want to have to do any work. So <laughs> anyway, I don't want to have to raise my own children. You do it for me. Anyways, uh, <laughs> one of the ladies that we met um, sent us some chocolates. I, I did not know this at the time. She was originally from Cleveland. And wow. she sent out Mally's Bordeaux mm. for, for a Christmas gift. I bit into that and I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. $25 a pound. And worth twice that much. I, I have to be real careful now. I for Easter 
bought a hundred dollars worth of Mallies. <laughs> Shit, she heard it. She heard me. Fuck. Huh? I didn't hear you. I had my ears in. <laughs> Fuck. Damn it. Fuck. Yeah, she'll taste it and she'll love you anyway. It's all right. <clears throat> Yeah, there's some Vardos in there. Mm. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to figure out why, like, butter brickle or toffee did not make it in my list. Because, oh, well, dude, I can do damage. I, I butter brickle and toffee. Oh, I did tell you that um, there were. There were things that that were on my list that didn't make it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there there it, there's a lot more. I mean, we could have done thirty or forty easily. Uh, one of the things that that didn't make it was um, Brock's Royals. Ooh, yeah. Um, you and I had talked earlier tonight. Yeah, uh, caramels. Caramels are are one of my my big points. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the 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 Brox Royals, I mean, that was something that Grandma had in a bowl every Christmas. She would splurge and go buy a bag of Brox Royals, mm. and we would get yelled at if we ate too many of them because they were expensive. You know? Yeah. How about um, score candy bar? Oh, score was good. <laughs> How about toffee vey? Oh shit, I forgot about the, oh goddamn. Yeah. Oh mm. those were good too. All right. Yeah, there's so many more. But anyway. There, there are just way too many of them <laughs> for us to name them all. We, we could come revisit this list another day. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, at some point in time part we will two. have to. We'll do a part two. Uh, let's see here. Hey, look, I found it. Hey, and it started on time. I, I still sped it up because <laughs> I, it's I really fucking like it hilarious. Fast. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's about it for this show. I think. Yep. You got that's anything going on that we need to know about, about before we No. I, I think I'm. I think I'm good, man. Hey, hey! The next show after this, guys, is the top castles to go visit. Yes. I don't know how that one's gonna go yet, but we'll, we'll find out, out shortly. Um. Yeah. It could be fun. Could be bad. All right, could everyone. Be bad. We're out of here. Have a good night, everybody. Bye.